Salam and a happy new year, Uproot listeners. This is Lily, and I am so glad that you have tuned in to Uproot today. Yes, I know it's almost February, and maybe I shouldn't be saying Happy New Year, but I haven't talked to you yet in 2020, so let me take a moment and wish you a warm and happy start to the year, and I hope that January has been good to each and every one of you. Thanks so much for those of you who joined me at the first anniversary show in December. We had a great time at Trademark Village Market. It was fun. It was inspiring. And it made me really go into the holidays with a mood to improve, to grow, to learn in 2020. And I hope you're coming into this new year with similarly positive vibes and positive energy. And speaking of positive, I am thrilled to share with you the opening episode for season three of Uproot today with the one and only legend himself, Eliud Kipchoge. I had the great joy of speaking with him and talking to him a little bit about his process, his legacy, and the very little thing he would encourage all of us to do as Kenyans, as East Africans, as people, something that we can do to show that no human is limited. So I think you're going to love this episode. Stay tuned to the end. I've got a fun announcement. So listen in and welcome to season three of Uproot with Eliud Kipchoge. Hello. Good afternoon, Mr. Kipchoge. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. Yes, yes. I feel like uh, Christmas has come again just for me today. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Yes, you are well. I'm very well, thank you. I'm, I'm trying to keep warm in Nairobi. These rains are refusing to end. So, <laughs> yeah. And you, you're well? I'm well, it's hot, yeah. I'm in Mombasa. Ah, you're in Mombasa. Yes. Are you training in Mombasa or are you just taking a break? No, no, no. It's only a function to pay for soya water and go back tomorrow morning. I yeah. see. Okay, okay. Well, thank you so much for giving me some of your time today to interview you for my podcast. I'm, I'm really delighted. Yes. Um, so let's just start. I have so many questions to ask you, and I think the best way to start is just to add my congratulations to, I'm sure, the many you've received over the, the last few months, but you've made all of us so proud, and just uh, tremendous congratulations. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the whole world knows your name now, but I'm curious to know, when you meet somebody new, despite all of your Olympic accomplishments and your running achievements, you know, how do you introduce yourself to somebody new who may not know you at all? Uh, I think it's hard, but uh, I'll try to, to make a big introduction as, as far as sport is concerned and then come to... I think the big introduction is to start with, for somebody to know is uh, about Sanchez Fernand because I think oh, nearly everybody in the world got a a bite of it, and, yes. and that's the only way to, to to make an introduction. Yeah, that, that's a good place to start for sure. Yes. So, so let's uh, go back maybe to the start of your career. Yes. What was the first running goal that you made for yourself? Uh, my first goal actually was just to run and go to Europe, so uh, I didn't have a big goal that I need to crack world records or do this, but uh, my, my goal was just to, to, to actually put a plan and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and go to you. Okay. Yeah. So did you, did you achieve that goal for you? Yes. And what, what helped motivate you to achieve it? I mean, you know, as a young person coming up in Kenya, 
I'm sure you had many aspirations, but what motivated you specifically to really push yourself um, in athletics? Um, I, I received motivation from uh, my coach. Of course, he's, uh, he's my neighbor, and that, 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 that really what comes in my mind as far as sport is concerned is that I was really watching the TV, and I wanted mm. to be like him. I wanted yeah. to run like him. That's, that, that's, what, that's what motivated me. Well, I've read that you keep a notebook of all the workouts that you do, that you record them. Yes. And I even saw, I think on social media, in early January, you posted that you were starting a new notebook, recording yes. your notebooks. Why Why is that important for you? Why has that become a part of your routine? Uh, first thing is that uh, the, the, the importance of notebook is actually uh, to be a professional, to know what you have been doing uh, for for fifteen years, that mm. uh, when when somebody actually popped in in your house and asked you what you have been doing, you are able to prove and show. Because yeah. uh, you should not actually be an average sportsman. You should mm. actually have average that uh, I have been doing this and this. When I was mm-hmm. running this, I was the program was like this. Life was going like this, and and and. and, and actually, you can you can still cut refresh your mind. For 15 years and see what you have been doing. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that idea because I, I, what I hear you saying is that you you took a professional approach to running, just like you would any other job, any other career. Yes. And and, and by recording everything, you were really intentional about your activity, which I think all of us can learn something from that kind of commitment. Yes. You know, when um, the entire world, as you said, we were watching your race and we celebrated with you. But I think many of us also remember the Olympics in 2012, you know, when you didn't qualify and you didn't achieve that goal. After that time, what did you learn from that experience? And did, did it change how you trained or did it change your approach to running? Um, I missed, when I missed actually uh, a slot to the Olympic Games, uh, I was really disappointed, very disappointed, because it was my first time ever in, in, in my career to, in 10 years to to miss a championship, actually, mm-hmm. to win a Kenyan fest. That was the first time. But all in all is that uh, I collected uh, uh, all my, my racks, which are actually as well. Mm-hmm. So I was down and come up and, and, and actually uh, get a good uh, team with my management, with my coaching. And actually we, f- we discussed, and it was 10 years after running in track and field, and we decided that uh, it's the time to go to the road. So, so the main thing that changed from there, did you did you change your technique? Uh, I've not changed my technique much, but um, I changed my training okay. because of, uh, uh, as, as actually quitting uh, track and field then. Mm. It was a time to go to the marathon, and my training changed. Yeah. So if you think about other young athletes who might be in a similar situation now, who might miss the opportunity to compete somewhere, what what advice would you give them about how to deal with these disappointments when you miss the mark? What advice would you give them about handling that? I would actually advise them to know that uh, missing a goal is not the end of life. Uh, every day is a challenge. And if you miss one call, there is another call. Success is like actually the, the, we are in a bus station and the, the bus is full, is full and you miss, you wait for the second one, but uh, you keep on, you concentrate uh, fully 
because if you don't concentrate, then you you luckily go off the course. So you you should able to actually miss a call, should actually think positive, should actually be on the course uh, and 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 actually able to control his emotions, and he or she will come back in in a good way. Yeah, that's great advice for for all of us, not just athletes, but for all of us to persevere through those disappointments. Yeah. So let's talk about the morning of the big race, or the IMUS Challenge. Um, the morning of the race, what was your mindset? What were you thinking that morning? Uh, actually, it was the hardest moment in the morning because uh, I woke up at 5 and uh, it was between 5 and 8.15. It was like that the minutes, the, 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 the minutes were really running very fast, but uh, I was thinking a lot because... I was the only one who was running. Yeah. And the, the sponsors, actually, uh, about 150 people have spent sleepless nights for five months preparing for, for 12 of October. So I was really thinking that uh, what will happen at five kilometers, what will happen at 10, 15, will I really miss the call? Will I, will I, will I, will I really finish the race? But... Uh, then I got back and uh, and see what I've been doing in training. I've been training. I've been training in a factory, and I say no, I will go for it. But the only knowledge is that uh, uh, I will have to do uh, the very best to myself, and that's what happened. That uh, that's why I always say I'd not win, but uh, mm-hmm. the whole team win and the whole world win because I was the only one who's all the highest from the whole continent to actually watching. Yeah, absolutely. I, I read somewhere that you like to run with a relaxed mind, a relaxed yeah. mind. And on this day where, like, the whole world is watching, were you able to relax? Were you able to just, you know? Uh, it was hard, but yeah. I tried to, it was really, I, I, I tried to relax as much as possible. Because, you know, it's a, uh, it's a life. So it, 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 it should be done and it, uh, anything can happen. So uh, yeah. that's how life is. That's true. My my son, uh, who's 15, when he, we were watching the race, he, he he wanted to ask, or he knew I was talking to you, and he wanted to ask you, at what point did your mind take over in those 119 minutes? You know, at what point, we can see your feet moving, we can see your body moving, we can see, we're watching your face, you know, the cameras were everywhere. But of course, what we cannot see is what your mind is doing. But at what point, you know, in that race, did, you, did your mind really just take over? Um, I think I try all the places to control my mind, not to think outside the the, the course. I my mind was actually on on every kilometer that I am in. My mind was how people my my business were running. My mind was actually inside the race. Yeah, you, it was there the whole time. It was it's like a third foot, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, let's talk about those pace centers. I think um, for me, that was I'm not a, a runner myself. I don't know the running world, but I think I was really impressed with the pace setters. And you gave them a lot of credit at the end in the interviews that you were doing with the media. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a beautiful analogy for life, you know, that all of us need pace setters, you know, in our lives. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious for you, um, off of the race course, in your daily life, who are your pace setters? Um, you know, in in, in life, actually, it's, it's, uh, uh, my pace setters are actually, this is like at, uh, at 
thinking in a positive way and trying to be a better person every now and then. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that, that's that, that's what drives me, and and the love of uh, sport, the love of humanity, is mm-hmm. is what drives me. Yes, is what yeah. actually passing for me in in life. Yeah. Right. Did you did you have a hand in selecting those forty one pace setters? Did you have an opportunity to to vet them? Not really, but I had a great team. You know, we were working as a yeah. team. So the, my my team actually. Uh, I picked all the fourth one from the whole continent in the whole world because to represent every every, every continent yeah. in uh, in Vienna. Yeah, but that, there are some of those the pictures as you're crossing the finish line and all of them are celebrating you from behind. Really, they moved me to tears. Really, because all of us need those people to support us in in our lives. Have you had a chance to watch the race? Have you gone back to watch the video? Yeah, yes, I've got a chance to actually sit down and watch the race and see what happens. But, uh, you know, when I actually click a TV and see it's, it's, it's on, then I start to be nervous. Uh, and it, it looks like, it feels like it's that day. And yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can only imagine. How, how did you celebrate that day? Uh, I think I celebrated at the finish line enough. And... Yeah. My celebration actually after the, the post grand party was actually to run all the photo and Pesnagas their trophies and say thank you to, to the Pesnagas, say thank you to, to all the team, my coaches, the management, the sponsors, the, the physiotherapists, the, the, the okay. journalists, all the team which actually uh, make the day successful. Yeah. That was how yeah. my celebration was. Yeah. That's I, that's a that's a really beautiful concept. That w- one way that we celebrate in life is by showing gratitude to others who helped us. That, that's really, I love that. I love that uh, that you did that. So you know, I, I'm an Ethiopian. I don't know if I mentioned that previously. I'm Ethiopian, so I grew up with the legacy of Ababa Bakina. You know, we my parents told us his story throughout our lives about his being the first African to win a gold medal in the Olympics in 1960 that he ran barefoot and he won and he beat the Italians on their own turf. And he really was one, he's one of my heroes in my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to know from you, who, who are one of your heroes or who are some of your heroes? Uh, my hero is still, still my coach because he uh, inspired me, motivated me, and still uh, coached me for the whole of my life. Mm. That's part of F. That's incredible. Your coach, is, you, you've known him since... For, for many, many years, isn't it? Many, many years, yes. Yeah, incredible. Um, that's, I think that's wonderful to hear because sometimes our heroes are right with us. They're not, you know, celebrities, but they're people that in our everyday lives who, who care for us and invest in us. That's, that's really wonderful. Yeah. You, you've talked about in some interviews that you really believe that sports can be a vehicle for justice and for peace. Yes. And I would love to hear, you know, how do you see sports being used as as that vehicle in Kenya or in the broader East African region, or even the world for that matter? You know, how can we use sports? Um, um, sports actually is, is actually is a, a very strong factor in, uh, as far as uh, uh, any sector in this world is concerned. When we go to, to pieces, you can use sport to unite everybody in this world. And when people are actually united, then we have peace. You can use sport actually to unite Kenyans. And, mm-hmm. and all together, we can actually live in, in peace. We can mm-hmm. use the sport actually to to make people uh, uh, be healthy. And when you know somebody is healthy, can walk, can wake up in the morning, walk and 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 and, and life. 
you know, my, my, it's a, I want to make the sport a lifestyle and a, and a family, and a fa- running a, a lifestyle and a family, and a yeah. family thing. But uh, when families work in the morning, they should go for a run or walk. You know, when you are running or walking, then good ideas are coming and mm-hmm. you implement in your house, you implement in your work workplace. And, and that's the only way to, to make people think positive. You know, a person is his conscience. And the moment actually the conscience are clean, the moment that the conscience are positive, then the world actually and, and the whole country is toasted. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. That challenge yeah. all of us as families to take up running and to clear our minds. And, uh, you know, my, my father will be 70 years old this year. Yeah. And he, he runs 10 kilometers every day. And yes. over the oh. week he runs 61 kilometers. So every week he works his income, every day, and he's uh, yes. 70 years old. So can <laughs> I it. ask you, will you just wish him a happy birthday? Can you say happy birthday, Solomon? Yeah, yes. Uh, happy birthday, Solomon. May you actually <laughs> enjoy the 70th uh, birthday, make your grandchildren uh, uh, run and make a run in a lifestyle. Uh, and I wish you I wish you many, 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 many years. Oh, thank you so much for that. That would be so special. That's going to be my birthday gift to him. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, sir. So let me just wrap up the the, uh, the interview and just ask you two more questions. Um, one, you know, if somebody is just starting running, just today, yes. what's the advice that you can give them just about putting running as a part of their life? What what advice do you give them? The best advice first is to start walking around. Just to walk for 30 minutes. And make sure you finish that minute. Work the next day. Work the third day. Start running and, and, and walking. Start running and walking. And by the end of one minute, you can run for 30 minutes. That's the only way. You know, you know, you, a baby cannot be born and you cannot, cannot, be, uh, cannot actually stand big. You see, mm-hmm. The baby is crawling and then it stands and then it, it, it becomes a big person. So it's step by step. You cannot go to a gym and build your muscles in, in one night. You need to yeah. go slowly by slowly. So uh, it's, it's good to, for any new person who wants to run, to start walking in the morning or in the evening. But slowly by slowly, you can run to one hour or 40 minutes and, and you'll be well. Fantastic, fantastic. What's the legacy that you want to leave? You know, many of us have called you many things, a champion, you know, a, a really a hero for all of us in Kenya and, and the world. But what's the legacy as, as you define it? My legacy actually is simple. I'm I'm actually pushing my plan No Human is Limited, and I trust that it will it will go in every human being, in every human being's mind that uh, uh, No Human is Limited, and I trust every human being uh, will, will will no longer believe in limitation. And that's my legacy. I want the legacy to live in everybody's mind. I don't know. I, I will not build a building to actually to, for people to see that I live a legacy. But I want the letters to, to actually uh, have, have a shelter in every human being's mind. And if the, mm-hmm. the human beings agree to have a shelter in their mind, then they can, they can extend their blood and, and the, the world will be good. That's fantastic. For sure, yeah. we are taking up that challenge that no human is limited. And as a mother, that's something I'm telling my kids, and they've seen it in your life, and it's really given us all something to strive for. So when when do we get to see you run again? I, I would be remiss if I did not ask you. When do we have that pleasure to see you race again? You will see me soon in, on 26th of April in London. Yeah. Fantastic. We will be watching, carefully cheering you on, and 
thank you so much for all that you've done for Kenya, for East Africa, for, for all of us. We are so proud to call you ours, and thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't he incredible? I continue to be inspired by Kipchoge's life, his simplicity, his athleticism, and most of all, really, his generosity of spirit. So thank you to Mr. Kipchoge, to Lynn and his team who made this recording possible. So listen, guys, next week, I have a two-part episode coming out. It's my interview with the Two Early for Birds Tom and Boya edition. For those of you outside of Nairobi, Too Early for Birds is a local drama and theater group who put on shows that explore Kenya's history, Kenya's heroes, and they do a brilliant job. In November, they put on a show about Tom and Boya that moved me to tears, and I could not wait to talk to them. And we had such a great conversation. It was three hours, hence the two-part episode, and you don't want to miss it. And listen, you won't miss it if you subscribe. So wherever you're listening, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever, please subscribe. You'll be the first one to hear about it, and it's definitely worth your time. You can also get more updates from me on my website, uprootthepodcast.com, and of course, Facebook and IG at uprootthepodcast. And lastly, for you Twitter heads, you can reach me at uprootandlil, L-I-L-L, on Twitter. Season three is going to be lots of fun. We've got Live shows coming up. We're going to be talking about parenting and identity with kids. We'll be talking about some Ethiopian books that I've been reading and authors that I love. We have all kinds of things coming up. You don't want to miss it. So tune in. And most of all, keep at it until it becomes rooted. Talk to you next time.